Well, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Kicker. I go by the name of Ryan Skillet. My name is Max. Max, we have a special guest with us today. I know it's so obvious if you're watching this on YouTube, you can blatantly see it right down at the bottom. If you're actually looking at him right now, you probably have seen this man on the internet a lot more times than you think. Uh, this is Mr. Louis Dango. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting wrestling. It's what we're getting to talking about it, but it's something I do less so now right. in sort of in sort of uh, audio form. So any chance for me to blabble on about wrestling, I'm I'm more than happy to do. So once again, thank you guys for having me on. Well, for those who don't know who you are, um, you are a writer for Give Me Sport, a yeah. journalist. You used to actually write and do a lot of work for Wrestle Talk. Um, Skillet. That's lead writer, by the way. Um, oh, sorry. Exactly. You are absolutely no, number right. one. I apologize. That is that is very important. That is your very thank you for that, Max. The lead writer. Let's go. Um, forgive me, sport. Um, um, and, and like I'm I'm very fascinated by you, Louis, because um go I mean, before we actually met in person, I was I was I, I was an admirer of you. I was like, you know, you're you're very young, you're very intelligent, and I just felt that your opinions uh, and, and how you kind of like gave across your opinions on wrestling and what you thought that your actually your knowledge of wrestling at such a young age as well and, and the stuff that you even know before you became a wrestler but you know a lot of stuff previously as well you're you're a historian of wrestling as well i just i always loved your tweets and i was like yeah this guy he gets it this guy this he fully gets it and i've always kind of you've you've always tweeted stuff that i, that I just generally agreed with to be honest so and i think that's what kind of you know maybe you know, build my interest up with you, and then obviously I saw you a lot on the uh, the Quizomania quizzes, which I felt I've, I could have sworn you became a champion a few times on Quizomania. I did. I think I was one. Was it once or twice? It was. It was at least once. I was a Quizomania champion. Yeah, you were awesome. Yeah. I, I went on there one time, and I was terrible. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was so much pressure. I don't know what was going on. But um, but yeah, I, I just want to talk about you before we talk about anything wrestling related. Um, please, can you please tell us a bit about your backstory? What got you into wrestling and and, yeah, and how you became to do what you do right now. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, firstly, thank you for your for your kind, and I'm sure many people would feel undeserved words, perhaps myself included. But um, it it's a it's a weird one because I I kind of got started young, so I'm only 21 now. But I started kind of writing about wrestling when I was eight. Was that 18 or 19? I was 18. Mm. I was 18. It, I was in my first year of university. I was studying politics at university. Um, and I was just so bored. <laughs> I, had six, I had six hours of, of, of like lecture time a week. And I mean, if any of you guys listening have been to university, first year is essentially don't fail. Yeah. Facts. Facts. So it's like, it's like Facts. if you pass, you're fine. Yeah. So um, I, I didn't really have to do much work. So I was finding myself to be really like quite bored. Um, and so my brother actually had the idea. He was like, hey, like we, we both listened to uh, the Russell Talk podcast. Like that was like what a thing that we didn't do it together, but we just both did it just did it at the same time, just never together. So um, he said, why don't you like ask them if they've got any like writing spaces? He was like, you like wrestling. It's a good idea. So I was like, you know what? It's a very good idea. So I sent off an email to the Russell Talk sort of lead writers at the time, the head writers. And I was like, hey, look, not expecting to be paid for this, but have you got anything? Like, I mean, any spaces for me to do sort of voluntary content, I'm more than happy to do. And then it really sort of transformed from there for me just doing like occasional feature content to me being asked to do news for me then doing the weekend shifts of news and kind of manning it all on my own with the social media and then becoming one of the lead editors and then kind of it all just transformed from there and took over and then sorry that's my doorbell going no, and then no during problem. during covid things took off because yeah. everyone was at home i was at home everyone was yeah. at home and i was like you know what Let's really make something of this here. Let's really give it a go. My university was like, you don't have to do any of your work. So I was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> From April, I was like, right. Until September when uni restarted, I was like, right, I'm going to make this wrestling thing like a proper thing. So um, I basically just started messaging wrestlers on Twitter, being like, hey, let's do an interview. Like, let's do it. 
And then I kind of became the interview guy. Yeah. That, uh, Russell Talk doing interviews. I got to speak to some amazing people. Uh, one of my first interviews was with John Moxley, which still like blows my mind. But it was it was kind of just transformed from there with COVID. And then once so I graduated uni in July, and around May time, I was like, right, what are we gonna do here? Like, what is like it's been it's been good to kind of get a bit of an income and get a lot of experience while I'm at university, but what's happening here? What is, what are the next steps? Because I was then at a point where I was like, right, I need to decide if this is what I want to do or if this has just been like a fun couple of years. But I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather do than, than get to talk about wrestling, uh, which is I just, I, it, it's a great job. So yeah. I just thought, you know what, let's give this a go. Started with Give Me Sport, kind of one of the one of the people that was leaving Give Me Sport as the WWE guy was like, hey, I think you'd be great for this sent over my details to, to to the give me sport higher ups and i had a couple of meetings with them and then now i'm heading up their wwe coverage and uh, as a uh, exactly as their lead lead i prefer the term lead writer we need to get that one in there but no it, Absolutely. It's, it's 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 cool then to have like my vision and be able to implement it um and kind of do what i want with the coverage like if i want to write about i don't know i wrote about today vinicius jr did like a he mimicked uh, the uh, John Cena celebration. I was like, you know what? I find that interesting. Let me write about that. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Nice, nice to have that autonomy over the content I produce. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, nearly three years now. Uh, no, I nearly love, four years. Nearly four see, years. See, I, I love that. I think it just it just kind of gives people. I think a lot of people just don't see that. Just trying things or just being like, you know what? I'm just gonna DM somebody and Shoot if it happens. Shot. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And you know, you're yeah. not taking failure as an option. You're not taking failure as a oh my god, you know, he didn't get back to me. Now this is not going to work. You just keep going and look. You just at a quick time, you just really developed something really special for yourself. Max, did you have and a I, question? I, 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 no, well, I was going to say, and I have to say that is, I see that amongst just a lot of younger people as well. Mm. It's this mentality. Well, well, the worst they could say is no. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I feel a lot of older people overthink things. How will I come across? Will I look this way or this, that? And a young, lot of young people out there just going in, you know, getting what's out there sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, man, never play down the fact it's lead writer because you, you've earned <laughs> that position. No, you I appreciate that. position 100%. But I have to ask, Go. you're at university already doing a lot of obviously writing. Why going in as a writer? Because I thought, you know, your story, I thought maybe you were going to say you it was something you were doing already, maybe on a blog of your own or something like that. Like, why writing per se? Like, did you feel that was your best way of getting your your points of view across rather than, let's say, video or another kind of media? It, it it's definitely like it's something I thought about at the time and like uh, listen, I love to talk. Hey, you got you you guys will you will know me. You know I love to talk. So. That was kind of, as you say, something I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more on screen stuff. But as I'm sure you guys will know, that's a lot harder to get to, to definitely start. Yes. It's particularly when you're at university, when I've got to be honest, like sometimes I was just like, you know what? It is particularly when I was doing voluntary and I was just able to come on whenever. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to not, not do anything today and go and have like a social life with my friends. And I think that it kind of the writing gave me the flexibility to kind of do what I wanted to do and shape and get experience and kind of shape my content and find out what people like, what what people didn't like. But writing is definitely kind of the easier in to get into. It's the easiest way to kind of breach sort of broach that gap between being kind of a consumer of content and then the people producing the content. Because if I were to start like as as if I were to start a YouTube channel, then kind of doing stuff i'm not sure the kind of coverage i'd get but if you get that platform where you're writing and people are starting to acknowledge your work then creating the video form of content is is a lot easier but yeah it's definitely something that i thought about when i got into it as sort of an end goal and something i would like to do more was definitely the on-screen stuff but one thing i wanted to add to what we were talking about earlier with young people and kind of DMing people and kind of getting a shot. The amount of times I've DM, like say I DM, I don't know, a hundred people a month. That's just a number off the top of my head. I don't think yeah. it, I, it's much less than that. I might get two or three responses. Right. And I think okay. that that's what people like. One thing I would say I'm quite proud of the fact is that I didn't get disheartened when I didn't get a response. And I think you've got like you guys will know you've got to be thick skinned like mm-hmm. in this game. 
particularly with social media and, and kind of and the cutthroat nature of it and kind of how people like how the whole idea of getting talent to come onto your platform works you've just got to be thick-skinned and resilient with it and kind of just keep going and keep going and if you get a no try again with someone else or kind of think about maybe approaching that person in a couple months when they've got something else so kind of yeah it's one of those things where and again that came from writing where just experience like if I if I went in there trying to get people onto a onto my show kind of in my first week of producing content, it might be like, who is this guy? But yeah. once you kind of build up that name, build up that experience of working with people, it does does get a lot easier. One thing I noticed with you, Louis, as well, is like you, when you point, up, you have your own opinion across, you will always speak honestly about things. So you may say, you may mention, I don't know, say a match happened with like, oh, this is a random <laughs> this is a random bunch of wrestlers I mentioned but say there was a match back in 96 between Ahmed Johnson and Goldust right hypothetically and what I love about you is that if you were to talk about that subject you would always say listen I, I, I may not have been there at the time when I watched this but I can ha I have this this is my perspective today on yep. what this match is like and that's what I love about you you don't try and clout chase you're just honest you speak from the heart and I always the reason why I'm bringing this up is I I always felt it was a it was a masterstroke from Russell Talk to actually get you involved because you have a group of men who are re about around the same age. Like yeah. some some people may be a bit older than others, but they're around the same age and they probably all kind of seen the similar things. Same generation. And I, and I think your generation needs to have their voice. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like because what we're talking about ultimately is what's happening now, right? No matter yeah. what's happened before, we're ultimately talking about wrestling today, and it's important that we get young people who are watching wrestling today and having their opinion. And I think it was great that they had you involved in that. But did you have to deal with any um, backlash of just because of your age? Did you have any like trolls messaging you? Like, what do you know? Did, 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 when you oh yeah, it? I yeah. still do. I still like, no. it's still kind of, you get those kind of, I call them the, the miserable, like 30 to 35 year olds. 100%. Who are just upset that I'm covering wrestling. And I'll put a comment out there and they'll be like, oh, what do you know? You weren't watching at the time. And yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> like okay. I just feel like that's such a, like I, so I banter with my, with my younger people with a, like, I do say little things like that for jokes. No, of course, of yeah, course. I don't generally, I don't mean to ever shut somebody down because of their of age. Course. You know? Of course. But you're, you're absolutely right. You would have and I'll do, I'll do the same thing with like, so I used to host a show with Alex McCarthy from TalkSport. Yeah, and big, I, up Alex, man. big up Alex. We love Alex. We would we would just take, take the mick out of each other's ages in different ways. Like if we had to push the show like an hour later one week, I'd be like, oh, like, is it past your bedtime? Like, I know you could, you like, like you, you, you like you, old man. Now you got to get to like, and it's nice to have that banter. And I think, as you say, there's a difference between people that I know still respect my work, giving me a bit of banter for my age. Exactly. Like John Alba on Twitter last night, we were talking about, I can't remember what we were talking about, but it, it came to like, oh, WWE wanted uh, Justin Bieber to host like WrestleMania one year. And he was like, oh, like 12-year-old Louis probably wanted that at the time. And it's stuff like that where <laughs> I know that I know those people still respect my work. Yeah. But you can have like a bit of like a banter and a bit of a bit of sort of, sort of give and take with them. Absolutely. But, but yeah, like a hundred percent I get messages from people sometimes that are like, Oh, what like what do you know about this topic? You weren't watching, or when I talk about so I, I, I did an interview with Eddie Kingston a few weeks ago. And he spoke about the similarities between his feud with CM Punk and CM Punk's feud with John Cena in 2011. And a couple of people just sort of wrote back like, oh, uh, what do you know? You were only like 10 at the time. And I'm like, yeah, but because of that, I've had to do a lot of research into stuff that either I was watching as a youngster and didn't really grasp or stuff that was before my time because you've always got that target on your back when you're mm -hmm. that age. And it's quite an easy thing for people to, to comment on that I almost feel that whenever I speak about something that is slightly out of my timescale, I've got to make sure that every fact that I give or every opinion that I give is backed up with with some some sort of evidence yeah. so that I can't really have those give those people an in to be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about.
but there's a reason why you you are where you are, Louis. It's not a case of you just watching wrestling and then oh, this is uh, you know you study it like you just said. You mm. do your research. I I I I miss the ages of superstar Billy Graham. I miss that, but I know a lot about superstar Billy Graham. I you know I know a lot about uh, Buddy Rogers, but I didn't see him when I I wasn't mm. even born. Mm. When he, do you mm. know what I mean? I wasn't born when he was wrestling, but I still know a lot about them because you can go back. And research, exactly. you can exactly. know what it's kind of. You won't know exactly what it was like at that time, but you know, if people were, if people today never heard about Pele, but you were like, listen, check out Pele's work. You can exactly. do it on YouTube, and you can see how great that man was. Yeah. So exactly. it's just, I just, I just get so confused how people just don't understand the, the art of just. Ignorance. I, I, but I also think in a way it can be a good thing. Like mm. you get people like almost I'm detached from that situation in a way so i can give almost like a slightly more balanced view not say that they can't and i think that that is the good thing about wrestling where we should try and get everyone's voice to be heard so whether it's yeah uh women whether it's uh people of color whether it's young people whether it's old people 100%. it's nice if you're sitting on a podcast or a round table to have a different opinion from everyone and kind of a different perspective to grasp that. And I'm not saying that people should get me on their podcast because of that. Like, I, I, <laughs> I hope people just, if they like a lot of people that I'm friends with, will invite me on because whatever. But I think that it's nice to have a different sort of perspective of opinions. And I think that I can offer that being obviously that slightly younger age that grew up during John Cena's rain but was a young kid that loved it as opposed yeah. to everyone else that was like a teenager or sort of in their 20s and hated it so i think yes. it's nice to kind of get those different perspectives so that's kind of the way i try and look at it as if it's a good thing as well as a and like sometimes it is a bit of a hindrance where people will be talking about stuff and i'm like you know what i have got no clue what you're <laughs> on about um so kind of and then i go away and do my research so if, if it, i don't see it as a as a sort of massively negative thing at all uh, and so be before we start talking about some viruses and whatnot, I, I kind of want to know a bit more about your wrestling history. Who are your guys? Sure. Like, who who is your, who is your, the, your Matt Rushmore, Louis? Who's your favorite? So, like, growing up, I was always, like, a Daniel Bryan fan. I kind of, like, that that story of, of the underdog, like, it's so easy to get into. Uh, but, like, when I first started, which was around 2010, I loved Cena. Like, I thought he was the coolest guy. And like when he beat the Nexus, like in hindsight, it was awful, but I loved it. I was like, oh, it's cool. Like this good guy is beating up all these bad guys. Like I love it. Um, and then kind of when I got a bit older, I really became a Brock Lesnar fan. Like right. a big Brock Lesnar fan. Underrated. Yeah. And one of the things about wrestling that I've come to realize that I like is I like wrestling to feel like real. Yeah. Because I'm sure you guys know, like covering it and, and being fans, we're always told. Like, oh, you know it's fake, right? I know, exactly. <laughs> so when I can be like, oh, yeah, and my favorite is Brock Lesnar. You know, that guy that does the UFC, like works in UFC, the guy that's huge. And like, no one's more real than him. So I always liked him and the reality that he brought to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess if I had to give like my three favorites of the time that I've been watching kind of through, it would be like the beginning Cena and then Daniel Bryan, and then Brock Lesnar. And now, I mean, it's too many to put my finger on. I, uh, I've i become such a, my, my life has become so sort of uh, centered around wrestling that to pick one as my favorite yeah. would, be, would be impossible. That's a solid free, though. That's a really good free. Yeah, really it, good free. it shows it shows that I was the WWE guy growing <laughs> up. Because I mean, until like until like seven years into my wrestling sort of fandom, it, it was only WWE because WCW obviously wasn't a thing. TNA was wasn't really easy to access over here. Um, so yeah, it was all WWE guys. Um, but yeah, as you say, not not a bad three to kind not of not a bad three at all, man. To kind and of have. Do you have like a, a favorite tag team of all time? <gasps> Oh, I mean, I am kind of I'm in gonna, that. In, I know in who you're going to say. I'm, I love FTR. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Yeah, they're, but, yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. Like, they're amazing. I, I've become I've become relatively friendly with them since, like, getting to cover wrestling. And right. they're, two, they're, they're two great guys. Like, whenever, Dax especially, whenever I talk to Dax, yeah. I've never met someone that has such a right? love of, not even knowledge, such a love for wrestling. 
Like, and it's I, so nice to see someone that loves it so much. As one yeah. of the things I respect about him most, and he's unapologetic about it. He's like, yeah. I love wrestling, and and he has such a passion for it. And it's one of the things, honestly, I really, really respect about him. So, I mean, one of my favorites would definitely be them. Again, they've got that reality thing where they make it feel real. So we make we we feel as if it is real too. Yeah, what you said about Dax is spot on. I, I had an interview with him. Would have been WrestleMania, the New Orleans one. 34. 34. 2018, right? Yeah. Um, and we had we just did nothing but talk about Midnight Express. That's all we thought. That's all we talked about. And his, his eyes is lit up. I was up. gonna say that yeah, sounds like sort of thing he'd love. Yeah, yeah. So okay, well, listen, that, that's brilliant. Uh Max, do you have any questions before we move on to Survivor Series for Louis? No, let's jump into it. The the pay-per-view that we were expected to rock to turn off, and by God, he didn't. <laughs> well he did not it was um it was held in brooklyn new york wasn't it correct yeah, yes it was yeah yeah and um yes at the barclay center that's right which is so strange because usually i associate the barclay center with like an nxt takeover and a summer slam even like, yeah or a pay-per-view and i was just like i was a bit disappointed i was like, oh yeah there's not gonna be no takeover because everything's changed now but there is a takeover coming right there's a war games coming but it's not it's NXT takeover. war games <laughs> I mean, it's not is it not takeover so they've no removed way. takeover from this the title heartbreak. and it's this just is, this NXT is so heartbreaking. war games yeah man uh, I, I feel for triple h man i really do i know right. it's his baby it's his baby i know yeah. I, I, he must be distraught man the baby's been kidnapped exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right so savara series was in brooklyn at the barclay center um i think the first kickoff match if i'm right was nakamura versus damian priest yep. yeah yeah uh, let, let's go with you max um I, I i only caught the end of this match i didn't see majority of this match was this a good match it was an okay match um nakamura isn't where he should be i think um quite a lot of people the majority of fans are fairly invested in damian priest they've obviously recently changed his character to this actual playing of his name damian and priest um <laughs> But I think it set a bad kind of taste in my mouth because the kickoff show match didn't have a finish. Um, right. Boogs was playing his guitar. Um, Damien Priest had warned him, stop playing the guitar. Boogs kept playing it. He went out the ring, um, broke the guitar, then clocked Shinsuke with the broken guitar. Obviously, no DQ. And that is on the pre-show. The mid-card championships or the champions shouldn't be on the pre-show anyway to start off with. So the fact you didn't even give that match an ending, I was literally like, we've got three and a half more hours of this. <laughs> like, this is just the beginning. So, um, yeah, decent match in action. I do kind of like what they're doing with Damien Priest's character, but it's a bit too cut and dry down the middle, like bad guy, good guy, or flipping the switch. But, um, yeah, it's no finish. It's like, come on. So, Louis, did you think, I mean, when I saw this ending, I assumed, oh, are they turning Damien heel? Or, or am I wrong here? I Yeah, like, it could be. Yeah, I kind of think they're trying to do, like, this split personality thing where Damien's the face, but Priest is the heel. And it's a bit confusing. But, yeah, it was kind of like, like, uh, it was just disappointing to see the first match as, as the as the kickoff. And even when I saw this online uh, as without a finish, and even when I saw this online, that it was going to be the kickoff show, I was like, Oh, like why these two, like this could have been like a, like a low key banger on the main card. Like mm -hmm. if you just let them go out there and even like Max, when you were, when you were running through what happened in the match and it's like, Oh, and he's playing the guitar on the outside. And then he told him not to. And it's like, it sounds stupid. Like it, it sounds like if you had to, and I always try and think about it this way. And um, when when I when I kind of gauge whether whether something is stupid or not, and I'm like, if I had to explain this to someone that wasn't watching or wasn't a fan, would I feel a little bit embarrassed? embarrassed. <laughs> and I would with this. I would like I would feel a little bit embarrassed. Where I'm like, yeah. And then he was playing a guitar, and he kept telling him no. And it's like it just it, it's a little bit stupid. And that's only because I feel this way because of how good the talent is. Like of yeah. how good the match could have been, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was kind of definitely a signal of intent when the first match ended via sort of like a DQ or a no finish. It was a bit like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. 
this was a bit of an upsetting spot for me to see Nakamura in because obviously I'm not. It's not when I say upsetting, not in a surprising one. But I literally watched Survivor Series 2017 the other day, and, and you remember the atmosphere with that five-on-five match. I think Nakamura and Bobby Roode was on the same team, and I think, I think Finn so. wasn't. And Finn was on the opposite team. I think Finn was on Raw, and Bobby Roode was on SmackDown, and Nakamura was on SmackDown. And it's just the atmosphere and the guy, the way Roode, Finn, and Nakamura was over. They were so over. And mm. you fast forward to 2021, and if if I'm correct, that was probably the that's the year they got called up, isn't it? Because Nakamura won the Rumble yeah. in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, they they would have been red hot straight out of NXT. But again, the the you know things continuing from NXT to main roster is yeah, yeah it's just not there. Um, so okay, so that was a disqualification. That was a no contest match. Uh, the next up though, this match was brilliant. I felt I felt uh Becky Lynch and Charlotte really opened up Survivor Series special for me. I loved what Be- Becky Lynch was wearing. That was a bit of a tribute yeah. to Britain. That's a little Britney tribute. Um, what was I believe on the Toxic video? I don't know the red mm. the red outfit. Yeah, I yeah. Was, yeah. I think it was Toxic. Um, uh, but yeah, this is what this is. What I felt that this. I mean, some people didn't like the ending, but I really enjoyed this match. I felt it was booked to perfection. I felt I really felt these two really hated each other. Louis, what did you think of first and foremost the build up to this feud and the payoff? Yeah, I think it was the most like, interesting story WWE's done in some time, and I don't think it was obviously like what they intended. It was just the fact that these two like kind of legitimately don't like each other. <laughs> and I know some people are like, oh, is it a work or not? Like, no, I think they actually just don't like each other. Um, and they both did a great job in kind of media interviews to kind of spice that up. I wish more of that was kind of played on TV, but the video package for this match was great as well. And as yeah. you said, like I felt like they hate each other because I think they kind of do. And they came out there and they just beat each other up and it was awesome to see and it was nice to kind of see them be professional like yeah. and, I, and i expected them to be but i expected them to just go like you know what we might not like each other but we're going to deliver a great match and that's exactly what they did i like the finish as well i kind of think it suited both women because they are both heels at the end of the day so and kind of becky has been playing the baby face but it was kind of nice for us to be reminded again like no 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 she is a heel um so i thought that was good and yeah the match was great and if anything i think the fact they don't like each other Maybe helped. Maybe helped them have an even better match than they did. I think you're absolutely right. Max, what did you think of the fact that they, these two were doing great transitional wrestling, great maneuvers, but there's moments where they break out into like real fight? <laughs> like, I love that. What, what, yeah, what did you figure that? It's, it's what Louis said earlier on in terms of you want your wrestling to feel real. Like, we knew obviously the, the beginnings of this as to the title exchange nonsense that, again, WWE didn't need to do, but they caused something. And then obviously the whole breakout of their or the coming to light of their relationship. Um, they played off it pretty well. They documented that through a great video package, like Louis said as well. And then we got a match where it was still wrestling, but like you say, elements of just a, a straight fight, you know, happening and taking place. Um, people can complain about the ending, but these are two of the top stars in the company, um, definitely in the women's division. They were going to have to do some type of funny ending anyway to, to protect these guys uh, one or the other so it, it makes total sense uh, you know at the end of the day this is an inconsequential fight both per- people will return to their rosters and it'll probably not be spoken of again sort of thing or crack on with whoever their number one contenders are but um yeah um probably on the night the best match yeah I agree. yeah i'm gonna say i agree too uh next up the five on five men's uh, Survivor Series match, Raw versus SmackDown. I, I, I saw a tweet. I, let me get this tweet up. I got tagged into a tweet earlier today uh, about how they should start booking the five on five uh, Survivor Series match. Did you see this, Louis, on, on Twitter? No, but I've seen all week kind of like people, Xavier Woods has done it, uh, Drew McIntyre's done it, basically wrestlers being like, it should have more stakes to it. Yeah. yeah. So this is from the at wrestling, wrestling Travel. So from next year, the winnings men and women's Survivor Series teams should be rewarded with the five places of the winning team, obviously, in an elimination chamber match. And whoever wins that match, I think that's a great idea. So it's like they're all fighting for a title shot. They have to work as a team. 
and then that winning team gets put in the elimination. Yeah, I think whatever it is, they just need stakes. Like it just you need to know that's why it. the like that's why I didn't mind what Kevin Owens, which we'll obviously get I'm talking about when he just left. It, <laughs> it's almost the fact that the match had no stakes. I almost didn't mind what he did because he's like, yeah, like I don't care about anyone else. Like why? Yeah. Should, like I've got I've got nothing to gain. Yeah. Um. But it would be nice to kind of give us a reason to care, particularly when the like the brand loyalty thing doesn't work because the draft is like so soon um, before Survivor Series. So a lot mm. of these people were on SmackDown like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. So what's the reason that they're fighting? Why should we care? And everyone has said this on every single podcast. So I'm not going to go on about it because it is a broken record. But yeah, just a bit of added stakes into it where, as you say, if it's a title match or if it's a shot at a title match or if it's something to do with the Royal Rumble or if it's the main event of the second night of WrestleMania or whatever it is, as long as we've got a reason why these people are fighting, I'm quite happy with it. But this match, yeah, I, I didn't know how to feel about this match, to be honest. Mm, it was mm. like... Yeah, like it was decent, but didn't really like it. Like considering the talent involved, I think I was expecting a little bit more. I agree. I agree. I felt it had some great moments in the match, yeah. but I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't as enthralled with it as I should have been. Mm. Um, Max, what did you think? I think it's it was it was a good match. It was a decent match, but the problem is, like we're saying, you get taken out of it somewhat because you know there's no stakes. There's yeah. no consequence to whatever happens. And um, at the end of the day, Seth Rollins got the win. Um, he was a sole survivor, which furthers his story as, you know, number one contender or that contract thing that he's got to go up against Big E. So obviously he looks strong going into that whenever they're going to, you know, pull the trigger on that match, probably this day yeah. one pay-per-view. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it, did, it didn't really mean much. And that's probably why we all kind of feel a bit flat about it. But I thought it was good in parts, like you say. Did you? Did anyone stand out to you in the match? Like any performances from you know Team Raw had Rollins, Finn, Kevin Owens. Obviously, Kevin Owens left, like like Louis said. But Bobby Lashley, Fury, uh, you know, SmackDown had McIntyre, Hardy, uh, Xavier Woods, Corbin, Sheamus. Did anyone kind of was the who was the best performer? You felt I, I really like Seth. I think Seth was really good. Seth had a good show in. I'm intrigued to see why Jeff Hardy lasted so long. Yeah, in the match. I don't know where they're going with that. I'm not. I'm. I love Jeff Hardy from my childhood, but I'm not sure how much I'm invested in him today. To see him be like you know one of the last men standing, um, I think he's going off the Roman Reigns. That's Ooh. mad to think. I've been hearing this, but I'm thinking if unless they if they do a ladder match, like he calls Jeff um, Roman out and say, you know, this is my domain, a ladder match for the Universal Title, and we get that. Fair enough. I'm down for it. But should Jeff Hardy be there? I think it's like a short-term thing. Like it's fine, and it's kind of a stopgap between they get to like Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, who I think are the big ones. But if you look down the SmackDown roster, like there's no one huge apart from mm. Drew. Like there's no one massive. Yeah. Um, so I I think we could see it 100. I think that we'd see it, and like I think for kind of people, people still love Jeff Hardy, and I mean all accounts on Raw, all accounts of Survivor Series was that he was getting really good reactions. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's a star. He's a bona fide star. He's like always getting great yeah. reception no matter where he goes. So I think he could be uh, someone that we see facing Roman Reigns in the next uh, couple of weeks. It was nice to see Seth and Rollins. Oh, sorry, Seth and Rollins. <laughs> Seth and Jeff. And I I, I like that little back and forth between them two. I, yeah. I, I actually <laughs> quite entertained that. So it's nice to see them two finish off that match. Um, before we talk about the next match, there was a lot of, you know, adverts, trailers, promoting the great one you know it's the great one's 25th anniversary the rock we saw a backstage promo with vince mcmahon and roman reigns uh sitting down and Rain, uh, Vince McMahon had access to oh well, we, well obviously we saw him come at the, at, the, at the limo first and foremost uh with the egg from what's the name of the film the Rock's red notice <laughs> i don't know why i'm laughing the way you said that was quite funny so yeah so <laughs> the rock's new film with ryan reynolds and gal gadot called red notice and apparently there's some sort of easter not easter egg there's an egg with like a like a um piece of jewelry that's quite do you remember when i spoke about earlier how he's trying to explain something and it feels stupid <laughs> yeah. embarrassing this is what i'm doing right now and that's the thing i think this is the struggle we all do all of us wrestling fans 
deal with this struggle. We have this collectively where we, we try to explain something and the, and the guy who does my stress mm. is looking at you like you're an idiot. Like, so. I've got a big TV and as you can guys see, like my door is there and I'm like, no one walking, no one walking, please <laughs> no one walking. I'm just like, I can't be bothered to explain it. But I have a question for you guys quickly. When obviously we saw all of this stuff and it was geared up, did you think The Rock was coming? I... I, I didn't until the pay-per-view started. Max didn't at all. Max, I Max didn't doesn't, either. Max, Max don't think Rock is even showing up tonight. I think Max thinks Rock Oh, is I don't up. think he's there tonight either. Yeah, Max thinks he's coming next year in Hollywood. But I, I, I didn't... I, I thought maybe they could do it. Then I agreed with Max. I said, I probably won't. But then the way this pay-per-view was kind of built, it was like, oh, no, he, he probably is going to show up today. And I guess he probably would need to kind of hurry up and get a match done. And maybe next year he'll do a Hall of Fame speech because he's he, this is this is ne his next match will be his last match. This match against yeah. Reigns, Rock yeah. ain't wrestling after that, so he'll probably need yeah. to get over and done with and to stick to doing films properly. But um, but he probably won't show up tonight either, to be honest. Like, I, I think I, I won't lie. I hoped he would come. I hoped yeah. I was wrong, and I hoped he would see him. But um, the minute I think they showed the first video package of him debuting, I thought, yeah, that's that's all we're getting tonight. Video packages. But a lot of Brooklyn, I, I could tell a lot of people in the crowd in Brooklyn thought The Rock was coming. But 100%. like, I get it. And I, I get why people were upset. But I, I kind of tweeted this and I was like, they didn't promote him. And I think they would have promoted him. Mm. Like they would have been like, so I, I was, when they didn't promote him, I was like, okay, he's not going to be there. And I think because I went in with no expectations, I wasn't disappointed. But if I went in thinking he was going to be there, then I could see myself being disappointed. But I guess with like, and I kind of based on reports, it was all linked to like, they wanted him there, but because of COVID and his filming schedule, like travel restrictions, it was difficult. And obviously this is the world we live in now, where kind of you can't just go from one country to another in, oh, in like yeah. hours. It kind of, it's, it's a little bit more difficult than that. But yeah, I, I, I do think that it felt like, it felt like, they thrown him a party and he just didn't show, show. <laughs> like I wouldn't I mean, have I'm... done this. I wouldn't have done this to the extent they did. No. If I knew he wasn't going to be there, but I just didn't expect him to be there. So I was like, Oh, all right. Like, and I kind of the stuff with red notice, I get like, it's kind of, it, it's all for like WWE probably like him stupid. It's very stupid, but WWE probably got quite a decent payday out of promoting the film. From Netflix, you know, you're like, okay, like I get why they did it, but yeah, yeah it was all a bit stupid. It, it was all a bit. It, it just, it wasn't how I would have executed it. Goofy I, product placement, and yes. that is what WWE have been doing for years. I think how they can turn it around, though, is if they kind of stick to doing this theme going forward with different I, don't, I, this, I know this sounds crazy this sounds nuts but if they like were able to actually land the rock for next year right at mania i think they should just keep going with this rock build and to where to the fact where people are like why do you keep doing this he's not coming and then he just shows up but then again that still might not be it's not might... a bad idea but like I, I had this i had this interaction with someone today and obviously everyone is going to be on broad tonight so we're going to find out who stole this egg thing and everyone was like, who do you want it to be? And I was like, I want it to be someone stupid. So it doesn't mean anything. Like, mm. I just want it to, like, Hornswoggle turns up and it's him. And it's all a bit, <laughs> it's a bit of a joke and whatever. Who cares? Mm. But, like, I don't want it to be someone, I don't know, like, Roman Reigns does it. And then we're all like, oh, my God. Like, don't nah. get this top guy involved with something stupid. Like, at least do it with someone that no one cares about. It's a bit of a joke. And then we just get it done with. And I was what? saying this to my mates earlier that, you know, they got Roman in the office with Vince and he's talking about this egg. And I'm just thinking the tribal chief and an egg, like, come on, where are we going with this? And Roman no sold the egg. Yeah. Even, yeah. you know, Vince was saying a oh, hundred million and all this kind of stuff. And Roman's face was like, all right. Like, okay. <laughs> like, that, that was, that was the only for? shining light. <laughs> yeah. Thing. The fact that, yeah. that he just didn't care. Yeah. Uh, I think Roman's doing a lot of good work right now. And he's making clever decisions with his character. Yeah, so, 100%. Uh, so next up was The Rock's 25th anniversary, 25-man dual-branded Battle Royale with Pizza Hut as a sponsor. Um, this was basically an almost show. I guess this was a great way of booking almost. I'm not really a massive almost fan, if I'm honest with you guys. Mm. Uh, I liked him when he when he him and AJ first got together and he had that debut at Mania. I actually really did it. I really did enjoy that. But since then, I'm just a bit like. Whatever, but you know, Vince loves big guys, and I guess this was a good way of 
making him look great. I don't know. Well, I don't know what you guys think. Let's go to you first, Max. Did you enjoy this match? It's about a royal, isn't it? Um, this is a good way to give almost some, something and at the same time give him absolutely nothing. Um, I want AJ Styles back. <laughs> no, yeah, just leave it as that. I, yeah. I need, you know, I keep tweeting it, free AJ Styles because he's in the latter, you know, the, the, the November, if you like, of his career. And I ain't trying to see him go out like this. Like, we need AJ Styles back. Yeah, hey. I, I kind of basically exactly what Max said. Like, it was the best way to put him on the, put almost on the card and make him look great. While also not making him look bad and highlighting his flaws, like it was very, very simple. Just chuck people over the top rope, like okay, yeah, I can do that. Um, it was fine. Um, kind of just, just a bit nothing. It was like, yeah, I could have done without seeing it. I probably would have put this on the pre. Like, so I tweeted when Shinsuke Nakamura and Damian Priest was announced for the kickoff show. I was like, is something going to happen here? Because this match, based on and like nothing against the talent involved, they're all immensely talented. But the, where it was like the position of the talent Based. on the card, I was like, like surely something big has got to happen for this to warrant being on the main card. And the only thing that, like in WWE's eyes, was that the Rock's name was affiliated with it. But for me, this had pre-show written all over it, and I would have put it on the pre-show and given. Priest and Nakamura, the main show slot. Uh, but yeah, it was it was kind of like, yeah, fine. Like I could have done without seeing it, but it wasn't offensive in any way. Yeah, there were some fun elements. I think Street Profits was quite fun with the pizza, pizza, giving out the pizzas and throwing it into the crowd and not giving it to Brian Saxton and giving it to Michael Cole. And yeah. And um there was I think there were some spots that were supposed to be funny but didn't pay off, like the oldest spot that didn't really pay off. I felt I don't think the crowd was just like what is going on here, but um, yeah, some silly stuff. But yeah, a little nice little comic relief, I guess. Um, and then oh yeah, and I was hoping Ricochet would get a bit of a better showing at the end, but that that was cut short. So, mm. and the crowd was going nuts for Ricochet. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But anyway, next up, uh, RK Bro Orton and Riddle versus The Usos. I actually really enjoyed this match. It was a good match. Yeah, yeah. it was good. The finish was great as well. Yes, obviously, the RKO, Orton always hits that. Has he ever, apart from back in that spot, he tried to get Cody Rhodes and he messed up back in 2003. Has he really ever messed up the um, RKO? I don't think badly. Like, it's it's quite, like, I think it's quite an easy move. Not an easy move to hit. Like, if I tried it, I'd fail massively. Yeah, <laughs> But, like, kind of, and the timing's got to be right. But, like, the actual execution of it, it seems like quite a like a simple move you kind of like with him coming off the top rope you kind of just go with his fall yeah um, but it's, it's still still very impressive very very impressive and kind of it, they got a great reaction from the crowd anyway so yeah i i thought this match was it was decent he's a master of that though man he's like you know how many times how many rkos has he done throughout the years and he's just mm. he's just incredible but oh this was um orton's how many? What was the match? I that? think the number is a hundred and seventy-seven. I don't know, Louis, if you know for sure. Yeah, so that was his hundred and seventy-seventh. He was previously tied with Kane with one hundred and seventy-six. This was crazy. I've had to write that stat like six times, <laughs> so I do know that one. Well, he's definitely one of the greats, Randy Orton. Love him, love him or hate him, you can't deny he's a he's a solid worker. I, I wonder uh, where that number is going to end up because this guy plans to wrestle for probably another ten years. So, I, oh, do you think? I think he plans to like his his style dictates that he can just keep going, really. And yeah, I don't see him. You know, how old is Randy now? Maybe mid forties. He's forty one. 41, he could definitely go to yeah, yeah. Too, I, I, you know. I think he could, but I could see him being the kind of guy that, like, when his deal's up, he's just being like, no, I'm just going to chill. But like, I'm happy. I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite content. Like, I mean, just, just he's, he, he seems to have a pretty sweet deal as it is right now. Yeah. So, like, if he can kind of still go, and even if he's, you know, later on, in five years' time even, if he slows down a bit somewhat. I mean, WWE have 10 to 12 pay-per-views a year. He yeah. could still push that number up, you know, quite a bit yeah. over the next five to six years. So, wow. Um, what do you guys think of the the riddle when Orton pairing? I like it. I, I do too. I enjoy it. I think it's I think it's been booked really well. And obviously, there's going to be a, a a moment when the Viper does bite 
riddle and i'm assuming that's going to be around wrestlemania time um and have them to go off each other, against each other and try to make riddle a, a bona fide star but um so far i think they haven't really misstepped much for this booking max what do you think what what i like about it is that Randy Orton's still very serious in character and where he he's always ringing Riddle's neck in as like stop messing around we have to kind of you know stick to the plan and get things done as long as that is like the catalyst to the eventual turn yeah I think that makes hella sense like I think I, it will I think it will be I think it'll be the, the it'll be a, a situation I feel like Riddle will cost them the titles and Orton's yeah. just like, you're not listening. I've told you so many times. I know that's a bit cliche, Louis. I know that's like, we see that all the time, but I could just see that being. I, I mean, I had an idea, and this might be stupid, so feel free to tell me if it is. <laughs> <laughs> but where, because everyone expects it to be Randy that turns. Oh. But I maybe want to see him like really get into the friendship and like start to trust Riddle and have fun with him. And then Riddle turns on him. And 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 his reasons is because of when Orton turned him in the first time. Not not even that. Maybe just like like he like maybe Orton cost like not, not like inadvertently cost a match or gets pinned or something. Like I just think that because everyone expected to be Randy and obviously that makes like like it's kind of Randy as a heel works. But I think he's so over as a babyface right now. Like I think that you could maybe have Riddle turn. But like I'd, I'd be happy with both. I think it's good options. Um and yeah, the eventual match and. Will hopefully put Riddle over as like the the next guy, kind of the next like yeah. person to break through from that mid card and sort of upper mid card to the main event. I like it. I think that's a good. I think that's a, it's different and it's and it's something a lot of people wouldn't expect. So I think that's good. Riddle and, is Riddle's massively over though. At the he same is. They both are. They both. Yeah, are yeah. yeah. Right now. He is. No, you're right. Um, all right, now I'm gonna have to I have a confession to make. This between this match, I actually fell asleep. I woke up, I woke up in time for the main event. <laughs> Funny enough. But um, I started watching this match. But yes, the next match is a five-on-five women's Savari series match. So I'm gonna need you two to discuss and tell me exactly what happened. Because all I remember was Carmela being eliminated. That was Let me hold my hands up. I was dozing off as well. Yeah. I was awake. I was fully awake. <laughs> Guys, what's going on here? No, I was fully awake, but I felt myself going. There were various <laughs> points where I was like. Like, yeah, okay, man. like, like, let me just get up and have like a walk around my room so I yeah, can like man. regain composure. But it, so, it's a so long this show. Was, this was the tactical nap slot then that you both took. No, like <laughs> I was awake and I remember everything that happened. But I, if I had to, if I wasn't working and I was just watching as a fan, it would have been this or the battle royal where I took my tactical took nap. You nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's put in summary, and this is what I was going to actually ask you guys. We got down to. Bianca Belair, the only Raw superstar left, against Shayna Baszler, Natalia, um, Sasha Banks, and Shotzi. So four on one. Oh, wow. And some way, somehow, um, Sasha got eliminated because she got um, counted out while she was fighting her team. Um, but some way, somehow, then the other three, Bianca Belair found a way to overcome and won it for Team Raw. Right. Now... I love Bianca Belair. I think she's brilliant. I think WWE have noticed the star power in her. They're sending her to do all like all the media and ambassador kind of stuff. Um, she's a very lovable baby face at the same time. So it's kind of very organic. But this to me smells like something that fans will now begin to, you know, turn on her for because oh, she's been overpushed. Like this was too much. She actually overcame. And I know she's the strong guest and all of that stuff, which makes it easier to believe but how do you guys feel about bianca belair overcoming three or slash four women i think because she's so loved it will be fine like, i, I can't so. see i can't see fans turning on her and i think like if she if she beat like say Liv morgan was on smackdown who fans really love and she beat like Liv morgan okay but because like fans want more for Baszler, but I think they'll they'll happily have Bianca Belair go over Natalia. Like I think she's a very solid hand, but I think her time has been and gone. People she's great to have on the roster, but like mm -hmm. I, I don't think fans are clamoring for her to kind of win a Survivor Series match. And with Shotzi, like she's she's one for the future for sure, but I don't think her time's right now. So I think it was a kind of fine three that she beat, and then obviously Sasha got counted out which was uh, stupid in itself and we kind of mm. saw that a lot which which kind of devalued it but i think bel-air is so loved that she'll be f 
fine. I can't see fans turning on her. But I, I quite enjoyed it. Listen, like she won the Rumble, main event of WrestleMania. She um and she she looks like uh she she is now like the biggest compliment I'll get for her is I don't think now when I think of like the top women in WWE, I don't automatically go to the four horse women. Like she is in that bracket. Like she's yeah, yeah. well in that bracket. Yeah. And no woman has broken into that bracket since the four horsewomen arrived. So that I is agree. the biggest compliment I'll give to Bianca. And it is nice to see WWE doing doing good by her and pushing her. So yeah. I think she, she I think she she's she is a position now, and I hope WWE don't abuse this, but she's in a position now where fans like her so much that I don't think they are gonna turn on her. I kind of agree with Louis, and it could be also a way of them thinking maybe we need to build her back strong again after the six second loss to Becky Lynch and mm. that could have come to play with it as well. So um and I totally agree with what Louis just said. She's the only women's wrestler since the the four horse women that's arrived that's kind of broke into that superstardom bracket. As Asuka um, was close, but they kind Asuka of was, Asuka was definitely they, close. They Asuka left plans star. on for her like I Asuka. don't know what they did. Asuka is a star, but they just mm. unfortunately the way she was booked didn't yeah, yeah. make her become the star that she could have been. All right. Uh time for the main event. Uh Roman Reigns versus Big E. Now I noticed something. I don't know if you guys are Seinfeld fans. Maybe you're a bit too young for Seinfeld. I I only know this because I know Big E is every interview I've done with him, he's mentioned he Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Right. So, so Seinfeld is one of, is one of my favorite all time comedies. It's on Netflix. Um, they've actually put it on Netflix now. So if you everyone, season one and two is a bit. Mm. I just I I have to admit because I was just four four in the morning. I didn't even clock the Seinfeld. I didn't clock it was a Seinfeld homage uh, attire. I only clocked attire. it after the match. But um, the, yeah, the the ring attire. But yeah, Biggie had a dedicated. Seinfeld ring attire with all the classic Seinfeld phrases like um, Serenity Now and Hoochie Mama and they had like this muffin top thing and you guys are, I'm speaking French to you guys but anyone that's listening to this that what Seinfeld who know what I'm talking about so big up Biggie that was that was a great that was lovely um, but this match I actually really enjoyed this match I don't know what you guys felt but I was really into this match I thought this match was brilliant Louis let's go yeah. to you first what did you think of this main event it was it was it was good it was really good like the, when you put these two in there it's going to be great. Um, I like the fact, obviously, he kicked out the spear. I saw some people saying that Biggie should have won. I disagree. Like, I don't I think now too. is the time to beat Roman. I think that Biggie, like, he feels like he's on Roman, like, not maybe not on Roman's level, but he's close enough that that I just don't think now is the time to beat Roman. I think when he does lose, he should lose the Universal Title, and like that should be the moment. And I don't think now was the moment to beat him. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was a great, it, it was a great match. It was a great main event. Um, I think considering the finish of the Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte Flair match, it was the right call to main event. If that had maybe a more definitive finish, I would have probably said that match should have main evented, given kind of the stakes and the heat that, the that, that was into it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it it, 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 it was very good. It was very, very good. But it was exactly what I expected it to be, kind of considering the talent involved. It didn't exceed my expectations, although my expectations were very high, if that makes sense. So I don't want that yeah. to take away from it. It was it was good. It was very, very good. Max? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a, it was a good match. Um, it was a very good kind of WWE match of yeah. the two big men and doing what they do best. I think they tried very hard to, you know, obviously knowing Roman's going to go over, to still make Big E look very, very good. Um my one question is, I'm happy it had a clean finish. Um, obviously, there's talks of, you know, why did they have this match? W um, sorry, Big E losing so kind of early into his WWE championship reign. Is that good? Is that bad? I mean, last year they had Roman versus Drew McIntyre in this spot and they somewhat protected the finish. You know, there was some type of interference. I can't remember off by heart. Probably the bloodline got involved um, and Drew McIntyre lost. So they kind of protected him in that way. But there was nothing to protect Big E here. Where do you guys kind of stand on, you know, WWE champion being pinned, albeit by Roman, who is immense right now? Um, like, I personally feel like it shouldn't mean nothing at Survivor Series because this is kind of like an exhibition match. But at the same time, they are going to use... Roman is going to come out at some point and say, I pinned Big E. So all of a sudden you're making it mean something, if you see what I mean. 
But I, I honestly felt it was the right decision, personally. It was. I, um, I don't think, I think the days of, uh, you know, protecting your world champion uh, who's just become, like, I don't think that really matters as much as it used to back in the day. I, I, I don't think this damages Biggie at all. If anything, they made Biggie look incredible. I think this is a logical storytelling of a fact of, where was Biggie for majority of his career? A, a tag team wrestler who is now becoming a singles wrestler who's just become a champion. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was a singles wrestler that had the IC title for four years and then became a world champion. He was a singles wrestler who had the IC title for maybe a few months and then became world champion. Do you know what I mean? So I think this, I think the story of him becoming a uh, you know, even though he loses some matches, but him getting to used to that main event spot, him getting used to becoming a world champion, becoming a singles wrestler, but getting better and better and better, even though he'll win, he will lose, but he will always get better to a point where he finally gets to be really strong. I think that's that's how I would book it. It's like, you know, if Ronaldo and Messi was in a Champions League final, one of those great footballers is going to lose, right? So yeah, it's like, yeah. why can't we have that with wrestling? I guess it's yeah, like with a with a boxing fight or whatever. Like yeah, Joshua and Fury fight. Like one of them's gonna have to lose. Yeah, doesn't mean that they're still not one of the best heavyweights in the world. Um, it's kind of it. It's it, it's this is why. If if I was in charge, I would have booked the show around the Bloodline and the New Day, mm. and had it main evented by a six man tag where neither has to be pinned. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Yeah. But when you book this match, one has to be pinned. And I would always prefer a definitive finish. As long as it's not a squash and like a one-sided, I'd always prefer a definitive finish than something that's kind of, in the name of protecting someone, devalues it because it's just like yeah. a crappy finish. So I, I, I was fine with it, but I can understand, like if you're a big, big E fan, I can understand why this might have got under your skin and you want more, but kind of uh, Skillet said, I don't think this is the last we'll see of these two. And I think the biggest time will come. Well, and I, th I think that hundred percent by the, by the time these two are all said and done that they will have um, the biggie will beat him. I just don't think now was the right time. So as reigns, you know, retains his winning streak because he didn't retain the title. He retained his winning streak. Mm. He walks up the ramp and I was looking at the screen like this. <laughs> yeah, so was I. I so didn't expect I didn't expect him to be there, but I saw the little graphic <laughs> in the side come up that was like the copyright logo. Yeah, like, they're you gonna do it. Yeah, exactly, Louis. You know it. Because when they did that graphic, I was like, oh, they're doing that thing they did at NXT when the graphic comes up when some surprise really still gonna oh. No way. You know I'm what? Watching, I'm watching the Ruthless Aggression documentary. Yeah. <laughs> what is going I, on? I shook my mouse, yeah, so the time came up on the on the thing to see how long is left of this pay-per-view. And then I saw it was like 20 seconds. I said, he's not coming, is he? He's not coming. <laughs> I, um, I didn't expect him to be there, but I still, I still, in that moment, I was like, all he could. So like, I was getting all my results sorted and I was like, so I had two different tabs. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the network just in case. I'm yeah. not going to turn it off. I'm not going to close the tab as soon as the match is done. I'm going to make sure I've got it. But even in that moment, I got sucked away from it, from, from my, from my beliefs of him not being there. I got sucked into it and I was like, Oh, is he? And then he didn't. And it was a bit like, okay, we'll just, we'll watch a Ruth's aggression uh, series <laughs> yeah, until, exactly. until, until, <laughs> yes, until, I'm, until I'm done work. <laughs> he did the he did the rock bottom to Biggie, and they they yeah. called it that. And I thought, okay, come, come on, <laughs> like yeah, it must he did, be didn't he? Then. I guess I'm wrong. It's gonna. I happen. mean, it's know. it's definitely gonna happen though, right? Reigns and Rock is happening, isn't it? I don't think so. Ever? You don't think ever? Oh, I don't know. If it does happen, it's going to happen in 2023 at the Hollywood WrestleMania. That's what Mex said. Yeah, Mex has been Mex has been saying that. I just think The Rock's too busy. Mm. I don't know if you can take four months, because that's what it would be, really. Mm. You'd kind of want it January to April, kind of, yeah. to build it. At a minimum, yeah. I don't think... I, I can't see him... the Like, uh, probably the busiest guy on the planet. Right? Yeah. Can he, can he afford to take four months? Because he can't film a movie in that time. But no. in, in January, in, if it's planned out, as you're saying, yeah. January yeah. To, to April 2023, he can 
almost like make his schedule around that. I'm but being like, optimistic here. Yeah, <laughs> but... I, I think he'd want to do it. Mm. He, he definitely want to do it because it's his family. But, okay, put it this way. I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah. Like, if, if we don't see it, I'm not going to be like, okay, damn, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I'll be like, okay, like, I kind of maybe expected it. But maybe that's me kind of protecting myself and my expectations a little bit. So if it doesn't happen, I don't get too disappointed. But I'd love to see it. I think that, and if you want to put Roman Reigns over, there's no bigger way to do it. Okay, I guess it's time to rank Survivor Series out of five. Uh, so I will start with Louis. Let's go with you first, Louis. Out of five, what are you giving this pay-per-view? A two seems too harsh. <laughs> but, like, but like, was it a three out of five? I don't know. It probably wasn't. I think I, 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 I'm going to go two and a half. Okay, Maxi, will let you agree. Two and a half, yeah. Um, g- good pay per view. Um, you know, good good matches on there. Good action, as we sh- as we can always expect from the the ladies and gents over there. But no consequence, no stakes. It, it takes you out of it, and you know it's just okay. This is the pay per view of this month. Let's just get through it. Move to I've the got, next. I've got no reason to tune into Raw tonight based on what happened on the Yeah, pay-per-view. exactly. And that that's a like a point. big thing for a pay-per-view. Like, what did I gain? That is a great point. Furthermore, I'm pretty sure the Bloodline guys are scheduled for Raw tonight. Now, if you've done... Because um, I think they, they said this some months ago. Maybe they've went back on their plans. But Roman and the Usos are meant to be on Raw tonight. Now, if Survivor Series is brand supremacy and people can't go anywhere when they want, why are they booked for <laughs> Hang on. Raw? No, everyone's on Raw tonight. Everyone. Uh, everyone's on Raw. Because of the egg. Of this, because of the egg. So everyone... The Rock, must, the Rock must be showing up tonight. He's yeah. not showing up, man. The, now, He's... that's the thing. Rock would have to... Like, they would have to promote the Rock showing up on Raw for numbers' sake and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. Surely. They'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get the whole element yeah. of surprise thing. And like wanting the surprise of like the rocks music to hit and everyone to lose their mind. But if you think about it critically for five seconds with a business mind, yeah. If you're WWE, you're like, we'll promote the ever-loving crap out of this and be like, the rock is gonna be here. Make sure you buy your tickets, you make sure you tune into the show, whatever it is, make sure you are watching. I just can't see a world where it where it's a surprise where, where, where it's a surprise. Very and you know what? If he turns up on Raw. After not turning up on Survivor Series, that's, that's that, madness in itself. That's mad. <laughs> yeah, that's that is mad. crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. That's that a, is... especially after his celebration show, and he's not there. <laughs> but he just turns up on Raw the next night because he's worried about an egg. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, I'm agree with you guys. Two and a half. Um, yeah, the, yeah, it's just crazy nonsensical booking. But okay, Louis, thank you so much for joining us, man. Like, you're yeah, always man. welcome to be a, a guest on the kick out anytime. Before you go, my friend, I just want to ask you two more questions. On, Your fire. favorite current wrestler on the WWE brand right now, and your favorite current wrestler on the AEW brand right now Roman Reigns. Yep. And. You know what, Eddie Kingston. We'll give Eddie Kingston some love. Nice. He he just he he's just again that passion. It's infectious. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, and it, you love you your realism tell. as well. And I know exactly. You, love your you can tell how much he cares. I think one uh, Luke Owen from WrestleTalk. He always says this, and he's like, someone needs to tell Eddie Kingston that wrestling isn't real because <laughs> he seems like <laughs> he hasn't quite realized it yet. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And you know what? I'm happy that he treats it like it's it's still real. Because yeah. that's what we love. So yeah, for, for my favorite AEW guy, I'd I'd give it to Eddie Kingston. Out of interest, I'm sure you guys have said this on the podcast before. But wh- who who are your who are your two uh, two faves? I right, Max, you go first. Um, Roman Reigns and Brian Danielson. It's hard to look past Danielson, to be honest. Danielson is just absolutely... And we, to be honest, we were seeing this kind of more wrestling Danielson come towards his latter days in WWE. But this is just a whole nother level, man. Like, mm. this this guy, is, he's brilliant. 
He's back. He's back to his old self, man. That's what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna say. Uh, I have to give it to Roman Reigns in terms of on form um, quality right now in wrestling in WWE. So Reigns and AEW. Yeah, Daniel Daniel Bryan's always been my guys, and he always will be. So yeah, Louis, thank you so much, my bro. Please, can you share uh, your socials for people? I mean, if you don't, if they don't know who you are, they're sleeping under a rock. But for those who don't know, and and, uh, and they loved what you've contributed today and they want to follow you and your work where can they find you my friend no i appreciate it and guys thank you both very much for having me on it's been it's been a lot of fun as i said i don't get to talk about wrestling uh sort of verbally as much as i as, as i'd like to so any chance I, I appreciate um if you guys want to follow me on twitter it's at the louis dangle uh i post generally awful wrestling opinions um <laughs> and my interviews uh, that are up on there uh but if you want sort of latest wrestling news go to give me sport.com forward slash wwe that's where all of my work goes or if you just follow me on twitter i tend to post most things there but guys once again thank you both very much for having me on this bit it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you both oh you're most welcome man and you, brother. Appreciate Thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you so Appreciate much. It. And uh, are, are we going to win the league? I don't know, but ho hopefully we do win the league. Mm. Okay, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> this Liverpool chat. <laughs> I think so. Go on. Why not? Stick <laughs> All right, that's we're going to win the Yeah, we're going to win the league. I don't know. But anyway. All right. Thank you, guys. Signing off. Thank you for listening.